Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to this Clash of the Titles Christmas Countdown Special. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, everyone! Hello and welcome to this Christmas Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two Christmas movies with something in common. Go head-to-head to see which one does it better. And welcome to part two of this week's final Christmas Countdown Christmas Clash. So, on Monday's episode, we learnt the true meaning of Christmas is McDonald's and Coca-Cola in Santa Claus the Movie. So today, it's time to gorge ourselves on the four main food groups as we enjoy some candy, candy canes, candy corns and syrup. Because from 2003, we get some elf help in the form of elf. Get ready. To plan out our whole day. I thought maybe we could make gingerbread houses and maybe even hold hands. For a tall tale. How are we going to get the star on top? Of elfish proportions. I got it. Will Ferrell. Okay, people, Santa's coming in town. Santa! Oh, my God! I know him. I know him. Elf. We'll have a Christmas champion at the end of the show, but which Christmas film will it be? Let's find out. It's a Clash of the Titles Christmas Countdown Special. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Butters. So, good news. I saw a dog today. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. Uh, very, 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 very quickly. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to us already, uh, uh, we'd love you to. Uh, would be a really nice Christmas present for us uh, and rate and reviewers if you have the time on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we are on the cusp of January as well, which is very exciting because that's when we hand over Clash Pod for a whole month to you. And we have had. Some dynamite suggestions, haven't we, Chris? Yeah, I believe we're up to 189 pairings have wow. been suggested for the four episodes we're going to record in January. <laughs> uh, so if you want to get involved, it's show at clashpod.com. Tell us your pairings. Tell us why as well. We'd love to hear the reasons that we can read out. But yeah, um, and it won't stop there. You know, there's so many great suggestions we've had that if it doesn't come up in January, there's a chance we'll pick your pairing down the line because we've got lots of good stuff to pick from. I am kind of in the mood of just doing six months of listener pairings. But that's that's a conversation we can have another time. Uh, right. Santa Claus the movie, he's shaking his head. He's not happy. Santa Claus the movie versus Elf. So these were Chris's choices on Monday. I was your guide as we licked the nostalgia lollipop in Santa Claus the movie, which means today Victoria is proving that Christmas is good for your elf as she guides us through Elf. Victoria, take us on a journey. I like four-year-olds and Pop-Tarts and the stop-motion animation of Rankin Bass, which is why I like Elf, the heartwarming Christmas tale of Buddy, a man-child raised by elves making his way in New York City. I also like older angry men because I have daddy issues, but so does Buddy, as his quest in the Big Apple is to win over his birth father, Sonny Corleone, which he (laughs) achieves by grooming his half-brother and flashing his knob at his (laughs) stepmom. I also like Zooey Deschanel without that massive fringe, and so does Buddy, who falls in love with Jovi and melts her cold, cold heart 
thawing it just enough that she can lead a sing-song to whip up some Christmas spirit and help Santa and his sleigh fly away and get back to business. Zooey or Zoe? I say Zooey. I, oh, I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> you say it like, I'll say it all the time. Well, no, but you've already said it once on this podcast. Yeah. I, I think it's Zoe. Is it? I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure. Chris? Zoe. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Just, All right. Okay. Fine. I just imagine you're going to be saying it a lot in the next hour, and I, I don't want people. I had a complaint on Twitter about something I pronounced on another show, and I, I just don't want you to have to live through that because I've already gone through it. But it's spelled. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, apologies to um, to <clears throat> those people who uh, were upset with my pronunciation of uh, Roger Merton on um, the Lethal Weapon episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, Merton. How is it said? <laughs> Zooey. Murtaugh. Murtaugh. What did you say? I, I spent an entire episode going Murtaugh. Did you? I think. I yeah. didn't notice. Yeah, no, no. I know ne- neither of you picked up on it, which is why now I'm, I'm, I'm the butt of a conversation on Twitter. Okay. So um, let's, uh, let me ask you, how many times have you seen this uh, staple of Christmas? I've seen it once. <laughs> I've seen it once before this week. Uh, all right, I'll jump in, seeing as you didn't point at either of us. Sorry. Uh, I cannot remember uh, when I first saw it. It's a weird one, though, for me, Elf. I didn't really like it the first time I saw it, and it's a movie that I've rewatched probably two or three times, and it has grown on me every time I've seen it. So now it's a bit of a Christmas staple, but initially I was a bit like, I'm not sure about this. Yeah. I remember we were excited about this in the hot dog office in 2003 when the first trailer came out. I remember us all laughing, particularly at him getting hit by the car. That's funny. And thinking this could be good. And because some people like Will Ferrell, some people didn't at the time. And, and obviously he wasn't as big a star here as he was in the States. So I was really keen to cover this one because I'm a big John Favreau fan mm-hmm. and I wanted to do a feature on Swingers. And so the agreement we made with the studio was we'd do a uh, feature on Elf as long as we could do a feature on Swingers as well, looking back at it. So I went and sw- I, this was my second time at a fun in the foyer screening. Um, oh my God, I've hosted those. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, so I looked it at all, you. It sounds so dodgy. Do you know what a fun in the foyer screening is? Is this where you pretend you like kids when you... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. That's hey, kids! <laughs> Alex here! <laughs> it's, it's actually... They are the most fun screenings to introduce because you go on stage at a premiere and if you go... Come on, boys! Let's hear it from you! Girls, can you beat that? Yay! Adults go... What the fuck are you doing? But children love it, and I love it. Yeah, the first time I went to one was Goonies, which I've mentioned on here before. Uh-huh. The, the local video store owner got my family ticket, so this was my second one as a grown-up. And um, they do them on a Sunday morning, very early. Yeah, they do. And this was what seventeen years ago. I'd been out the night before. I was really <laughs> fucked. I had such a hangover, and the kid next to me doesn't know how close he came to being vomited on for the duration of this film. Um, but the film was good enough that it sort of got my got my mind off the hangover. And what's helpful, actually, because I, as well as doing the interview with Favreau, I was reviewing the film for the magazine, was being in an audience full of children. Because I knew it was making me laugh, but for this to really be to work, it needs to make children laugh as well. That's the, that's the, that's the key. And they were pissing themselves. So it was, it was nice to hear that. Were they laughing as well? <laughs> I was pissing myself. <laughs> okay, so I don't know if you know this, but there's a Netflix documentary, very helpfully out. Yeah, it dropped, it dropped like two weeks ago, didn't it? Yeah, yeah I watched it's it. It's called I watched um, it. The Holiday Movies That Made Us. And, uh, to be honest, I would it, say Christmas It pisses movies. me off because this is Netflix. I don't think Netflix should put that out. Why? Because I wouldn't put that out. Because it helped me enormously. No, it's useful for us. It to you. It's useful for us. But like, for example, my, the Flash Gordon feature that I talked about that I did when I was at Hot Dog, I would not put that feature out until I'd spoken to the lead actor, the director, the writer, everyone involved. There wasn't any point in putting that feature out unless I got the key players. Right. This documentary, they didn't get Favreau or Will Ferrell. <laughs> and it's like, those are the two key players in yeah. this story. They've got some people. Hold it another year and try and get them. They've and maybe the they producers and they're quite funny. No, they are. They're, 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 the screenwriter's interesting. I just feel like yeah. it's you're missing a big part of this. Did they get Zooey? No, they didn't. <laughs> Zooey was not present as well. Um, I'm sure it's Zooey because there's a book called there's a J.D. Salinger book called Franny and Zooey and that's who she's named after so but oh, do you know what do you know what that sounds actually very believable so I'm going to back down I okay. think you're right let's go with Zooey Jovi pronounce let's, it Jovi alright Jovi mm. okay fine so Ju- no Juvie <laughs> it's not yeah. Juvie it isn't anyway 
Um, right, so I watched the Christmas holiday movies that made us and I'm just going to pre-see that and sort of talk you through because it did all my research for me. Right. Okay, so the writer David Berenbaum, <laughs> <laughs> who loved Christmas movies, he decides to turn... Do you want to just skip this section and tell people to watch the documentary? <laughs> I mean, I could because it's actually really good fun. And even though John Favreau's not in it, which is a shame, that everyone else is very funny. Okay. So it's on Netflix, it's called... The holiday movies that made us. Make, make them make them pay for an advert. <laughs> Don't just give them it. Anyway, David Berenbaum decides to turn the ranking bass Rudolph into a giant elf who doesn't belong anywhere because he wanted to write a Christmas movie that was funny and silly but had a heart because his... So there's obviously the father and son story running through the film and his dad passed away when he was really young and that sort of, you know, formative for him. It was optioned by MPC for one year. It's all this information. It's brilliant. But they wanted Chris Farley to play Buddy. Mm. David Berenbaum did not want mm. that. I thought that was quite brave of him. Really brave. Yeah. Mad, he walked, actually. He walked, <laughs> a, he walked away rather than have Chris Farley uh, be his elf. Wow. He let the option run out. I mean, it's, it's a weird thing because it's not really in your... I mean, as I understand it, if it's optioned and they're running with it, it's not for you to run the sure. option down. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so then he ends up with a producer called John Berg. John Berg suggests Will Ferrell uh, for his, quote, perpetual innocence, which is exactly right and perfect for this film. Yeah. Are you a Will Ferrell fan? Yeah, Chris, I am. Chris yeah. mentioned it at the start and he, he, it surprises me when I first found this out, the idea of Will Ferrell being a little bit Marmite. Like there are I, some people who really just don't get his shit. I didn't, I didn't like him at this time because we didn't have SNL in the UK at that mm. time. And then uh, it was Zoolander, which he was all right in, but he didn't really do it for me. And Jane Silent Bob I hadn't seen him in anything like old school didn't come out until after they'd made this film yeah. and so I love him now I do too yeah I mean, yeah, I mean it's obviously hit and miss I think the quality can go up and down but he's always fun to watch you see well uh, uh, yeah I think that's the point I think even in a bad movie Will Ferrell's bit in that bad movie is normally he's, great he's yeah. so committed mm. Yeah, and there are some scenes in this which, with a different actor, would be risque mm. and it, they don't come off like Absolutely. that just because of Will Ferrell agreed I think. um so Will Ferrell ends up in this film because the producer went to a basketball game with one of his agents and <laughs> said, will he read the script? And he does, and he's attached. But now they need a director. They, the producers talk to Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn suggests John Favreau, who was obviously better known as an actor at that point. Uh, but he did a great pitch for it. And he wanted to really like lean into the ranking bass elements of the, um, of the movie, particularly stop motion animation. Although they did get into legal trouble about that. Uh, obviously when we say stop motion animation we're talking about that one scene with the the snowman yeah at the start yes right, okay and the narwhal that stop motion yes, and yeah. the penguin as puffin, well puffin isn't it a puffin why would it be a puffin I don't know but I'm, well, I don't know why I've got a puffin in my head maybe it is a puffin let's say it's a puffin okay um, so they'd shot a lot of the film but the, the thing is in the Rankin Bass uh, one of the animations there is an elf in a green costume with a little yellow hat so Buddy is wearing that costume in Elf and, at, you know, at the 89th minute, all of a sudden the lawyers were like, you can't do that. That's ours. So they got freaked out. They were going to digitally alter his costume to be blue, but they wanted to reshoot it. But they'd done all the stuff in New York. Big panic, but it was fine, obviously. Um, and John Favreau's other part of his pitch was to, to make it very squarely a family film and not a sort of more traditional, like, saucier kind of comedy. Hmm. Um, he wanted to make something that a family would love because his mum died when he was young and he really wanted to sort of embrace the family aspect of it and to make it a timeless classic. Um, and then in casting the other roles, they went to Gary Shandling for Walter. He said no. And they went to Katie Holmes for Jovi. She said no. Mm. So then you've got James Kahn, who in this documentary, the way they talk about this, they're like, oh, he's so great. But you're like, that's weird. So on the first day of shooting, they're all scared of James Kahn because of Godfather and he's terrifying. Yeah, he's and a scary man. He's really scary. <laughs> and he, so the, the way they tell this story, they're like, and anyway, he turns up on set and he says, I want you to call me. And they're like, oh my God, this is really scary. Jimmy the Dream. And everyone's just like, oh, okay, great, sir. Calm, that's not a problem. And like some of the costume designers, they sold Jimmy the Dream into his chair and stuff like that. And they're like, he's such a great guy. And it's like, it sounds like you've been forced to say that. I'm not being funny, but he does. No, who calls themselves Jimmy the Dream? Don't know. Anyway, and Zoe Deschanel, um, she can sing, which is very helpful and helps mm. her get the part. She's in a band called Her and Him. She, she, and, him. she and Him, yeah. And They've him. done a great Christmas album. Have they? Mm -hmm. I'd like that. Yeah. I have the uh, the uh, theme tune to New Girl on my uh, phone. Big fan of that. She sings that. Oh, does she? Mm. Lovely. Um, th another little fun trivia thing that I found out from Netflix, the holiday movies that made us, mm. 
is um, are, you, are you are you on a retainer or something? I wish I fucking was. <laughs> <laughs> so the manager, Buddy and Jovi's manager at Gimbals, mm. who is just called their manager on IMDb, was going to be Wanda Sykes, but she dropped out at the last minute. So Faze on Love steps in to do it, but his name badge still says Wanda. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, he thought it'd be funny to keep her name. <laughs> He's great in this. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. Yeah, he was in Made, wasn't he? Which is the yeah the, the follow-up to Swingers, the John was, Favreau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Peter Falk. Yeah. Um, it was shot in an old psychiatric hospital, and the bits in New York they did it guerrilla style. They didn't have the money to let like, clear the street, so they just went for it. Yeah, they just finished shooting Freddy versus Jason at that psychiatric hospital, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they did this next. Yeah. So that's all I have. Would you like to talk about the film? Mm, yeah. Okay. On. So what I thought I'd do as well is uh, we'll talk about the film, but then I will also be asking you some sort of classic Christmas questions along the way. Why oh, wow. not? Sorry, oh. I, I do the quiz. <laughs> I tell what's happening here? What's happening? He like I'm short-circuiting. <laughs> <laughs> what's happening? No, they're not. They're not quiz. There's no right and wrong That's answers. Fine. There's That's no all points good. available. No, I love it. Just yeah. a little. It's all good. Is that all right? And I have some quotes to chuck in from John Favreau from 2003. <laughs> okay. Which some contradict what was in that documentary. Which I always think it's interesting the way people can look back 20 years and think stuff happened differently to yeah. how it actually happened. Okay. So, little baby buddy sneaks out of an orphanage that actually looks okay I think as orphanages go makes it to the North Pole to be raised as an elf by Papa Elf Bob Newitt yes <laughs> agreed, agreed. Wait, this, this isn't a test <laughs> was, wait was that one of the questions no I put my questions in italic so when you get to, when I get to them I'll sort of I'll lean sideways <laughs> That's uh, that is classically how you read something in italics. You have to lean yeah. in the same You're direction. Yeah. Um, so here's a fun fact. You know when they're showing the montage of Buddy growing up, and there's a little one-year-old Buddy sat on uh, Papa Elf's lap. Mm. That's John Favreau's son. Mm. And he's so cute. Really cute. I love I love the effects here. Yeah, the I really perspective. do. The forced yeah. perspective. Uh, the stop motion. I think what's interesting is this This was not an expensive movie. No. $30, $30 million. That's not an expensive movie. Uh, Santa Claus the movie cost $50 million. Yep. Did it? Much more expensive, which now is like over $100 million that would have been now. Yeah. That would have cost. And yet the effects used here, most of uh, the, the best effects here, were around in 1985. They could have done these effects on Santa Claus the movie and spent us money. And yet they work so well. Like they yeah. don't age Yeah. Uh, because of that. But it's interesting. Favreau said to me that he was trying to use as little CGI as possible as when you use a lot of CGI, it looks fake. He oh, went right. on to direct. He went on to direct Jungle Book and Lion King. <laughs> uh, but he's right in that. In that, when you do use stop motion, it tends to not date um, the effects, whereas CG will date because it just it's improving it all the time. Better, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a really funny shot in the Netflix thing where they show you the force perspective when you can see Papa Elf behind Buddy riding the bike and Buddy looks like obviously lots bigger mm. than him. So it's a really long bike and there's just a little kid behind him holding his hands over his shoulder. Just this kid has been told to like duck. So there's just this like five-year-old. So there's like Bob Newt and then a kid and then Will Ferrell. It's, re- it's really funny. Um, so then with the blessing of Santa, played by Edward Asner, uh, Buddy is off to New York City to find his real dad. Question in italics. When did you find out that... Whoa. No, I don't know what you're you talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? Oh, sorry. Oh, no, sorry. We did say didn't we? Sorry. All right. Uh, scratch that. Yeah. Cr- sorry. What? <laughs> sorry. Um, I should be more careful. I've got children. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. The only person in the room who has children. <laughs> so that really we know of. <laughs> I'm really crap at it. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I know. It's really I bad. I, I like the pretty... casting of, of Santa, though. And, and Papa Elf. You've got Ed Asner and Bob Newhart, who were two huge TV stars in America in the 60s and 70s. And I think they bring a baggage with them that's really useful for American audiences here. But, that, you know, they're great casting for us. He said he cast Asner because he really embodied everything we wanted in Santa gruff, mean, but also having a big heart. Mm. I think that's what that guy... And he said, I just cast Bob, I cast Bob Newhart just to sit around and bullshit with him. It made the whole experience worthwhile. I think it's like when Edgar Wright casts a lot of old TV stars that we love in his films. Yeah. And it just it comes it, it comes with a nostalgia of its own that this film is all about that nostalgia. So yeah. I think the casting is it's really smart. It's like a good shortcut, here. isn't it? Like, yeah. yeah. So it's sort of pre-loaded. Uh, question. Uh, in italics. Uh, links are, to the side. Are, are your other questions uh, also as questionable as your first question? I think I've only got... Ooh. <laughs> Okay. Okay, great. They're okay. A bit of trivia. They based, this is depressing now, they based Santa's outfit on the Coca Cola adverts yeah. from the 1930s. That's not depressing though. Drink Coca Cola. <laughs> no, but there's a, there's a Coca Cola advert in here when he drinks a whole bottle of it. Yeah. And it's like, just stop. 
advertising to me. Does anybody, do you buy more Coca-Cola at Christmas? Because I don't. It's never worked on me. I said I buy Diet Coke throughout the year. Yeah, yeah. But you have a weird addiction to Diet Do, Coke. Yeah. Don't you get out, if you've got a hangover, don't you get out of bed yeah. at like a ridiculous Six. time in the morning to go to the newsagent. Drink it, to, back to bed. Yep. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. I don't have dreams about it. Yeah. And then it's in my dreams. I'm like, well, I've got, oh, fuck it, I've got to get in some. So, yeah. Also, Diet Coke's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Fat Coke is disgusting. No. Let's stop advertising Coke. Coke. All right. Anyway. Shall we go back to Netflix? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Buddy goes to see his dad and he is mistaken for a singing telegram in a scene that I think is very, very funny. Um, as he's, so, he's stretching out the song to say, I'm your son. I think that's very funny. Um, and, and then I'm singing a song, and I love you, and you're my dad. That's really sweet. It's quite It's brilliant. But you can't imagine someone, anyone else doing it as well as Will Ferrell, I don't think. Like, and they, they check, you know, Favreau rewrote the script essentially, even though he didn't get the credit. And and those early scenes in the North Pole, in that original Berenbaum script, it was much nastier, that the, the elves were much Nina to Buddy mm. and there's a, there's a scene um, on the DVD a deleted scene of an ice hockey match where Buddy's essentially just kicking the shit out of them all on an ice hockey field <laughs> uh, rink so he he really changed it in a way to take out any sort of aggression or nastiness and, and actually the scene we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in a bit but the scene with Peter Dinklage the, the full version of that is really violent right? Uh, and, and, and it all got cut just to make this a much sweeter film it works for that reason as well yeah. So then we meet Jovi, played by Zoe or Zoe de Chanel. She doesn't sing, but I bet that will change sooner than you think, because now she's in the shower, <laughs> duetting "Baby, it's cold outside." Question: What's your favourite Christmas duet that's either about sexual agency or date rape? <laughs> Which is it? Oh, that song, yeah, isn't that song? I, there are certain radio stations that refuse to play that. Yeah, and then John Legend with someone else. I can't remember who the someone else did was did a version um. that's better if you feel that it is a bit date I think I think that is political correctness gone mad that don't one. ever say the sentence political correctness gone mad because it will make me furious mm. um, yeah, but it really is <laughs> I'm kind of with Chris uh, yeah that, I think that's a I just think I think that Do one's you, a bit I, did, I went down a bit of a wormhole about it wormhole rabbit hole because I wanted to know more about the lyrics and it was written as a duet for a husband and wife a famous husband and wife team to sing so in context, it was all right because they were singing it. And there's a line in it that people do find upsetting, which is what's in that drink. Mm. But apparently in the 40s, it was quite a, a, a common riposte. It was a joke to say, like, what's in that drink? Mm. Like, it wasn't like about spiking your drink. Mm. So there we go. What's she doing singing a duet on her own in the shower? <laughs> Good question. Who sings a duet on their own? Good question. It makes no sense. Um, I mean, that is that could be such a creepy scene yeah. with yeah. anyone else playing the elf. Almost. I mean, if Chris Farley was doing that, I think that would be weird. It's really weird because the minute she's in the shower, you know, I'm like, oh, here, uh-oh, like this isn't good. And I was like, that's fine. It's hmm. just fine. He's a child. Isn't I, he? I asked Favreau about it at the time and he said, I really like the sweet and disturbing mix. It's a really lovely, beautiful moment and your heart goes out to him because he doesn't know he's doing anything wrong. But there's also something a little bit off about the whole situation. Um... <laughs> So it kind of defies expectations a little bit, like a lot of things scenes do in this film, because you actually think that that scene's going to end with, with with a sweet moment, but actually she calls him out and you're fucking nuts what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then he runs into a door. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. And then when you see when they set up the show, that's in a mental hospital, so again, the whole looks really weird. It's really dark. Um, Buddy tells the fake gimbal Santa he smells like beef and cheese, yep. which is what that kid that you sat next to at the festive fun screening <laughs> said to me. <laughs> Just <laughs> it, I is it weird? Like I don't eat beef anymore. But when you say beef and cheese, I'm Yummy. like, that sounds so good. Oh, so, yeah, on top, yeah. yeah. But that's what a burger is. <laughs> that's why. That'll be why. It's not a new combo. <laughs> Do you know what? In my head, I saw a steak, and so I'm like melting cheddar on a steak. But actually, you're absolutely right. No wonder it sounds so great. It's a burger. Um, yep. Gimbals went out of business in 1987. They were around for a hundred years. The department store, but I haven't read this anywhere. But it 
I'm sure they used it because um, it's the department store in Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, is it? So I think he was name checking that. And the same way that Buddy goes to a um, a bridge later in the film when he's in his darkest moment. And they don't say he's going to kill himself, but it's a complete tribute to It's a Wonderful Life yeah. there. So I think he's almost subliminally throwing in these things from the best Christmas movies. Yeah, I did recently, but I couldn't corroborate it due to laziness that mm. it was going to be Macy's, but Macy's didn't want, oh, spoiler alert, I know you're sensitive about this, any film that suggested that Father Christmas isn't real because they have their in-store Santa mm. and they've got kids turning up and they don't want to be associated with that but I don't know if that's true I mean mm. it's I mean it's it literally saying that Santa is real this film yeah. but it's saying that the department store Santas aren't real I guess because so, they sit on a throne of lies <laughs> <laughs> so then there's a massive fight Santa fake Santa and Buddy destroy this Lego New York skyline now because of Netflix I know that that took Two weeks to build because building Lego is hard. What? Yeah. No. No, wait, that's not in the Netflix. That's in something else I read. I hope it's true. Anyway, it took a very long time to build it. So the art department, like, you do not get to smash it twice. So yeah. I, I, I listened to the, the Will Ferrell's commentary and he, on that scene, he said, We only got one shot at this. Yeah. So this was really tense. It seems like a long time to build that. Two weeks to build that? I think it, do you know what? I honestly think it could be true because it's so, they're, they're very small. You know, you had a drawer full of I had of a drawer Lego. of Lego, yeah. I did have a drawer When you of say Lego. a drawer, do you mean like from a chest of drawers? Yeah, from a, like a, a wide one, like a... Like and you a, were just on the, okay, like a spare drawer or... Well, you didn't have anything else in it. It's not like, <laughs> I mean, it's not like what should I get a- out? My pants or some Lego? <laughs> it was a drawer. I mean, Basically, because where were you? Because obviously, you get a lot of Lego, and then it all comes apart. Yeah, you so you've box, got yeah. you've just got like a million different pieces. So we put it all in this drawer. Little small gripe, Lego. If you're listening, because I have the same problem at mm. home. The Lego boxes they're so expensive. You can buy a box that looks like a piece of Lego. That's so cool, yeah. and it's got a Lego top right. to keep all your Lego bits in. Yeah, really expensive. Like what are we what are we talking like about? Like forty five pounds That's for expensive. a plastic box. Yeah, can't do it. Yeah. So now they're just in. And also, it makes you want to have like two of them so you can stick Stack them together. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the idea so then Buddy moves in with his dad this is one of my favourite bits when his dad is when he wants James Conn to tuck him in and he's shouting mm. for him it's such a little thing but the way he shouts dad is not the way a grown up he's like a four year old just the, the, the monitor dad <laughs> what, where did he get the red onesie for a six foot three man from <laughs> it's upsetting isn't it <laughs> but where, was that just lying around that house no, I think he took it with him. He didn't take anything with him. Yeah. He walked. Can you remember when he, he walked oh, from yeah. the North Pole to New York, which I think is really funny in itself was just a concept. Yeah. Um, it's no big deal. It's just, uh, I like this stuff in New York. Oh, watching this time, I was thinking, it reminds me a little bit of Big. Yeah. Of a yes. child having to become an adult very mm. fast in New York. Um, and obviously those films of the 80s that all had a similar plot, Splash, Crocodile, Dundee, Coming to America, a lot of, you know, <clears throat> sort of um, d- adapting to modern life mm. when you're an innocent. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? That it would bubble up at that time. Mm. Um, so he hasn't melted James Kahn's cold, cold heart, even after maple syrup on spaghetti and he gets his dick out in front of his mom. <laughs> <laughs> Which he does in front of Mary Steenberger. But with anyone else, it would be quite horrendous. Is, it works. I don't it? think that's really funny. That bit. I don't think that. That's one of the few jokes I think doesn't really work because it's the it's the button at the end of that scene, and I'm like, oh, I didn't. Is maple syrup on spaghetti meant to be repulsive? Because I agree with you, hundred percent. Delicious. I would have it because also you have pancakes and they're quite yeah. savoury, and it's like fine. It's like yeah. beef and cheese. It's like beef and cheese. <laughs> what a combination? Madness. <laughs> Where would you find that? <laughs> um, so Buddy bonds a bit with his brother. Is half-brother Michael because he's awesome at snowballs and Michael helps Buddy ask Jovi for a date question in italics have you ever broken up with someone so you didn't have to get them a Christmas present Mm, no have you I haven't but I assumed you had (laughs) (laughs) amazing thank you I'm sorry I couldn't resist I don't no I don't think I have no Good. I've I mean, broken up with people for worse reasons <laughs> than Because it was Friday. <laughs> Tired. <laughs> yeah. I, I, love the, I love the romance in this film, but at the same time, like analysing it this time, is it a bit troublesome? Is Jovi taking advantage of quite a simple man? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> it's also because she's like, oh, my house, they, they turned the water off in my house and it's like you're going to move into like James Kahn's apartment, which is lovely. <laughs> Maybe. 
Um, now, I really like that we've got a, effectively what is a makeover scene. So Buddy goes into like normal, quote marks, corporate clothes and then gets sent to work in his dad's mail room, which yeah. is like a prison. And which it's is great. really, really funny. That's brilliant. That yeah, whole sequence. That guy who he befriends was cast as a trucker in a different scene in the film and they cut the scene and Favreau remembered him. He liked his face and so brought him back to play that bloke who claims he's 26 years old. <laughs> yeah. It's a stupid joke, so but it's really funny. funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> but the way that the mail room is, is dressed, set, shot... And it's like, welcome to big school. I just yeah. think it's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's brilliant. But that confused me as well, because that scene I felt like could have taken place in the prison. Yeah. You've got a prison scene with him, which they don't do anything with, where yeah. you could have had Buddy befriending people in prison, because that's played more like a prison scene down in that yeah, mailroom, yeah, sure. I think. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> All they the tough into... guys down there. Yeah, it's brilliant. And then he dances to Wumpf, there it is, which <laughs> I fucking love. Love that song. I love the suction pipes. We don't have them here. No. Do we not? No, we do have them. Have you never worked on a till? Yes. After the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work in the Leicester Square Cinema, the Audion, yeah. and you'd put the money down the suction pipe. No, I once went to Beamish, uh, <laughs> which is uh, an old sort of fashion. It's basically like a time capsule. Have you ever been to, been to Beamish? You've been yeah. to Beamish. Yeah. There they have them, I think in the sweet shop there, and I saw them there and I was like, ooh. That's good. That's nice. Yeah, suction powered. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure they have them in Sainsbury's these okay. days because you've got a lot of cash. Well, you used to have a lot of cash, not anymore. No. Cashless society. Different times. Yeah. Anyway, um, so in order to save James Khan's job, which is under threat because he's a bit of a shitty editor and he needs to get a children's book ready quickly or something, we meet Peter Dinklage as the renowned and surefire hit children's writer Miles Finch. And I love Peter Dinklage so much and I love him in this and I wish he was in it more. Um, it's a shame that the, oh, the dialogue in that scene about what's more innocent than a peach and things like that. Like, yeah, that's really it's funny. so, so, so funny. I just wish... What's more vulnerable than a peach? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. It's just so brilliant. Um, and then Buddy calls him an elf. So I really feel like... And Peter Dinklage goes fucking bananas and kicks the shit out of him. And that's the end of Peter Dinklage's scenes. But again, if that was another actor and there was a, an even a hint of snide, the scene would be awful. Mm. Like a truly offensive and awful and it mm. wouldn't land at all. And it, it works. And I think it's OK. So Well, I, I think Peter Dinklage all through his career has been very careful not to take roles where he thinks... Yeah, he says he wants it magical stuff. Right. Yeah. And so then, and then he does this, um, and he's he's brilliant in it. Um, but again, well, like with the flashing and the shower, it's Will Ferrell's perpetual innocence that makes sure that this lands perfectly. Yeah. So then James Khan is furious. So Buddy considers throwing himself off the Queensboro Bridge, um, which is a bit dark for a kids' Christmas film. Uh, saved by Santa. Who then gets stranded in Central Park? What do we think of the Central? Well, they're not. Are they called the Central Park Rangers? <laughs> they're <laughs> great. They're so good. Yeah. What a great creation! Yeah, brilliant. But isn't there a news report in it where they're, they're like they've been? Uh, it's claimed that they've used unnecessary force in yeah, previous in incidents. Really it was a good. Simon and Garfunkel gig. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which the police did get in trouble for that, but they got the wrong year. Weirdly. Oh, don't know why they did that. I feel like this dates it a little bit, though, because the way they've shot them and the way they're portrayed, it's very Lord of the Rings, which had just finished, come out. Yeah. And so I really feel like they were playing on that the visuals of the, the horses and the, the boots and things. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Can you explain to me, you know the woman who is the news person? Yes. There seemed to be like an in-joke that I didn't get about who she was. No, she's no one famous. Um, in the original script, that was CNN and it was a global story. Right. And all they changed was they made they decided to make it a very local news thing. So I think if you if you live in New York, you would know that local news station. But she wasn't. She was an actress who played okay. that role. There were just some just bits of it I didn't really get. Um, now, according to Netflix, the holiday movies that made us or something, <laughs> once once Buddy fixes the sleigh with by going under the engine, the film was going to end, right? Okay. And I, I kind of lost the... I mean, this Netflix documentary is not high-minded, but I'd still lost the thread a little bit at this point. So bear with, watch it. Let me know if I'm wrong. Mm. I respond really well to that sort of criticism. So I feel like I don't need to watch it now. <laughs> so anyway. I feel like I've been really... This has been more about the Netflix documentary yeah. on Elf than it has Imagine been about my delight Elf. <laughs> when I sat down to do some research and I was like, oh, that's great. That's really great. That's, that's... So anyway, it was going to end 
Because old school had come out, right? So Will Ferrell goes from being, hasn't done much, to massive. Mm. And New Line wanted Elf to therefore be a more traditional comedy without this very family feel-good ending. The ending had been shot, the sing-along, Jovi doing the singing, James Caan's heart melting and the happy ending, right? So, so, the, so the ending was going to be a man fixing an engine on yeah. a sleigh and that was it. Yeah. That and seems so- strange. That seems... I'm going to go with unlikely. Are you calling me a liar? Uh, I'm calling either you or as the mouthpiece of Netflix today. <laughs> Netflix maybe got it wrong? Don't you don't endanger my chances with Netflix. I'll be so cross. <laughs> so anyway, they cuz they thought the they thought the, you know, all the kids singing and you that you cut to other children in bedrooms like whipping up Christmas spirit and it's obviously super schmaltzy. Yeah. And New Line thought that an old school audience would not like that. So just you have to just end it where you can. And that was there. She's really good in that scene, the sort of way the she begins girl. the singing. No, Zooey. Oh, what, yeah. Slash Zoe. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she's, she's a very good singer, so. Yeah. <laughs> his, his face. He's furious. He's furious that we have got this far into the podcast <laughs> and haven't decided on Zooey or Zoe. I, just, I feel for the listeners. Um, <laughs> but there, there are lots of this finale that changed from Berenbaum's original script. He originally had Buddy jumping off the Empire State Building and landing on a helicopter and cops chasing him down Fifth Avenue. So this was going to be a much more expensive, much more action-packed finale. And it was Favreau who changed it, <clears throat> added that Christmas spirit aspect to it. So it was more than he was just running away from sort of random authorities. It yeah. was it was that he was Buddy was literally changing New York a little bit by reintroducing the Christmas spirit. So. I thought they I thought they kept it. It, it must just have been for budget reasons, no? Because it feels I mean, the shots that you're talking about to me were just like a money saving thing. Like no, don't let's yeah. not have too many real horses in this shot. Mm. Then apparently they couldn't quite get the crew on board with this new ending, so they put the ending back on. They tested it with an old school audience. They loved it, so it goes back to the ending that you know and love. Um, and I do love it. I think I love it. The, yeah, the bit where Santa's sleigh finally flies is—it's uh, a. Uh, in fact, from both the movies we've done this week, Santa Claus the movie and this, it's moments with Santa's sleigh mm. doing something incredible yeah, that true. really make me cry. Well, I went back and read my review from two thousand and three, and I gave it four stars out of five. Mm. I think I gave it <clears throat> as probably the best review it got. I think at the time, but I did say why it didn't get five stars. I said it was a bit too sentimental at the end, but it's earned it. But it's still a bit too sentimental for my taste. But I've since then I have been known to get quite emotional watching it. So maybe I bump it up to a five, and that sentiment's. I guess I'm a bit allergic to sentimentality. But if you can't do it here, where can you do it? Exactly. Yeah. The shot where the sleigh goes over James Caan's head is brilliant. Yes, that's the bit I'm talking about. And and everyone's singing. You know, Jimmy Caan starts to sing, and that's such a weird thing to see. Sonny Corleone singing it, and he's dressed as Santa, isn't he? And is is Mary Steenburgen? It's 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 a really lovely moment. Mm -hmm. What's your favourite Christmas Carol? Christmas. I don't. You can have Christmas song if you would rather. Uh, Mine's Vorderman. What? Carol Vorderman. Yeah, she's my favourite Christmas carol. I thought you said Voldemort. <laughs> what? <laughs> Idiot. What's your favourite Christmas carol? Yeah, shall I answer it seriously? Yes, please. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I mean, geez, Grinch over there. Um, probably Shaken Stevens, Merry Christmas, really everyone. Like yeah. I really do like that one. But that's not a carol. Yeah, I said you could have song if you didn't Vicky want to changed it, but you were, too busy, you were too busy thinking of your bloody Carol Vorderman, Joe. You didn't Baker. hear change Carol Baker. <laughs> <laughs> not the one from Lethal Weapon. <laughs> Not a carol though. That oh, that's a carol. <laughs> uh, the Shaken Stevens song. <laughs> Merry Christmas, it's everyone. The best one. It's a great song. It's the, this old house. It's the key change. <laughs> What's yours, Vicky? Uh, oh wait, Carol Vorderman. <laughs> Silent Night. No. Yeah, I love Silent. Night. <laughs> it's so droney. Oh, the John Lennon one. What's that called? Happy Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Christmas Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's mm. so good. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I once started crying in a pub. Cause I think I was a bit pissed, but carol singers came in and they sang Silent Night and I started crying. And this was years ago before I cried all the time. <laughs> Who's carol singers? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. We're, we're really milking the carol joke. It's not that funny. I'll laugh at anything. It's not that funny. Uh, so anyway, James Caan starts his own publishing house. Buddy and Jovi have a baby. A little bit no narration. The end. That's the film. <laughs> Thank you, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even watch it. <laughs> Favreau, on the commentary, he complains that the scene where Buddy's reading the book, um, there's loads of elf merchandise around. And he said there was actually no elf merchandise because they didn't believe in this film, really. Yeah. And they didn't, they didn't think it would sell anything. And that was in 2003. He was kind of upset about that. There's a shit ton of elf, uh, elf 
merchandise now. This is what, <laughs> what's a MILF? What's a MILF? <laughs> um, I'm even wearing some though. It's like ELF has really, it feels like its reputation has grown every year. Yeah. That is an incredible. I feel jump like up. you. Um, when the first time I saw it, I was like, I don't get it. Like, no. I just find it annoying. And then I watched when I watched it again. There was a lot of that though. It it got back. I I was a bit of an outlier liking it. I remember that because you you know you read you read the other magazines reviews and it did. F- I thought I was seeing something other people weren't. Like it's well, I'll say why in a bit. This week on Stakhanov. Over on the Luke and Pete show, we've been discussing our usual nonsense from Disney princesses to fizzy lagers and a whole load more. Here's a taster of what's been on the show. For some reason, our little recording system has got this piece of music installed in it. I think it's uh, incidental music in a sex ed uh, BBC Two um, 10 a.m. kind of job. No way! It is! It's too groovy! It's too groovy! Yeah, it's just like, uh, now on BBC Two, <laughs> sex and your child. <laughs> Meanwhile, over on WrestleMe, we've been doing the 12 days of WrestleMemus, which you can find on our Patreon or your favourite podcast player. That's why also America is, like, leading the world in serial killers, you know, because they have room. They have room. room they have to dismantle. <laughs> <laughs> to dismember. Dismantle, dismember, To stuff yes. to make marionettes. Mm-hmm. Um, over here, very difficult to be a serial killer. I would knock into things. I'd you get would. blood everywhere. But there's always some nosy beak, isn't there? <laughs> Someone sticking their nose in where yeah. it doesn't belong. All that and more at Stakhanov. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, so now I also read that Will Ferrell turned down $29 million to do a sequel. Is that true? Do we know? Who knows? I think, um, I think people ask him. people ask him every year if he'll do a sequel to it and he always says no. I'd argue that that is not true because he made a sequel to Daddy's Home, so chances are he probably would have made a sequel for $29 million. Yeah, yeah but this, I mean, Daddy's Home, there's nothing to protect, is there? Whereas this, there's oh, something, see, there's something yeah. special about this. I think it's a principle. A, a weird thing, James Kahn has been talking about it recently. Uh, he did a radio interview and he basically suggests that the reason they've not done a sequel is because um, Will Ferrell and John Favreau don't get along with yeah. each other particularly. And Farrell really? gets, and I think Farrell can pick the director if they did do another one. And just because of that, oh. that's why James Kahn believes there, there hasn't been a sequel. Okay. Uh, so unless we've got any more, shall we do the bits? I'm ready let's to do the bits, yeah. Let's, let's do, the do the bits. So Chris, what is your best scene? Uh, so I love the opening montage. It's so brilliant, but I'm 
gonna have to say when he attacks Santa. It really oh, yeah. makes me laugh. And it's just such a smart joke. And they nail, there's like four jokes within that and they just nail each one of them. So, yeah. What about you? Um, mine is the moment that I cried in it, uh, which is obviously when the crowd starts singing the song to power Santa's sleigh and the sleigh flies over James Khan's head. And I was like, it's so good and beautiful. So, yeah, that bit. Lovely. Uh, mine is the mailroom. This is very, very, very funny. Mm. Uh, your MVW, Chris. Most valuable, whatever. I'm going to go for Will Ferrell uh, because no one plays wide-eyed and innocent like him. This is what Favreau said when I asked him about the casting. He said, with a movie like this, you've got to feel bad for Buddy as well as laughing at him. And Will has that quality. His comedy comes from a very vulnerable place and there's a warmth to him that's just perfect for the role. What about you? Agreed. Will Ferrell is my MVW as well. For all the reasons Chris just said, actually. For all the reasons he just said. For all those reasons. I would have also said Will Ferrell, but I will say Peter Dinklage, just to be different, because of the line, um, I can't even say it. It makes me me laugh. It makes me cry. No tomatoes, too vulnerable. Kids, they're already vulnerable. (laughs) Oh my God, that's so true. Uh, (sighs) Anyway, um, uh, if you could change one thing, Chris, what would you change? I don't like the long belch. Oh, from the Coca-Cola? Yeah, I can forgive. There's a fart early on. I don't like the farts. You know this. I can forgive the early fart, but get rid of the belch. (laughs) What about you? The early fart. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, I feel disingenuous for actually having written this down because I kind of sided with Chris uh, about that phrase that we're not allowed to say involving political correctness earlier. However, uh, I do think the song, It's Cold Outside, within such a sweet movie... It's a little bit creepy. I don't know whether it's it's the whole setting in the shower coupled with what is a bit of a creepy song anyway, mm-hmm. but I'd probably lose that song um, because there is something just, it's not a nice song. She doesn't have to be in the shower, does she? That's the thing. She could have her back to him and just be like doing her makeup or doing her hair or doing whatever. She doesn't need to be naked, mm. actually, yeah. thinking about it. Yeah, but then she wouldn't be as angry with him. If, that's true. But yeah, I think she would if you were if you were singing if I was singing on my own and somewhere. she'd hear him as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's the reason. That's right cuz the water falling mm. around her ears is um it's disguising And also voice. the reason she's singing is because of the echo because she doesn't really like to sing mm. but she likes oh, shit. Okay. My change uh, which is very churlish and I feel bad saying it is the belch. No. <laughs> the dick. I spent the whole, no, not the dick. The whole film Going on, James Carr seems a bit old to have Michael as his son. So I understand why it works. Mm. But at the same time, him and they seemed like more like his grandparents to me. And I know <laughs> really? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, Jeez, really. Hey, hear that? Have kids young, people. I do what you've got to do. <laughs> but I just didn't buy that that was his actual son. Sorry, because I understand why they've cast him like that, because Buddy and so Walter needs to be Buddy's dad and Buddy is quite old. And she's worked but, it out live on air. Exactly. That is no, why. No, wait, no, shut up. Well, listen, but Michael needs to be young enough that he would still find Christmas magical and would find Buddy entertaining. So if Michael was older, if Michael was 16, mm. it wouldn't work. Yeah. But Jake, Walter having a 16 year old son, I would get that. I think how old is Michael? Like 11 or 12? I don't know. I've no idea. I'm Did honestly, you really not feel like that? No, no. no not at all. All right, fine. Sorry, I'm just, I'm, I'm being And also, I can't tell age. Like, a kid is just a kid to me. That kid could have been anywhere between 16 and nine, and I wouldn't know. <laughs> okay. It's a silly thing. It, so I he just, would have had him when he was 63, I think, is how I'm working it out. That's quite... It's quite old, but it's but happened. For people like Chris and me, that's great. Yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. You want I to can't be wait. Year old we can have a baby. <laughs> when are we going to start? <laughs> I didn't mean to go there. Um, um, that's it. Then. Great, yeah, lovely great. stuff. Sorry about that. Yeah. It's all right. Uh, so, if we're done on Elf. Yeah, should we do the verdict? Yeah. All right, Victoria. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! Oh, am I going to go first? Okay. Um, so, uh, watching Santa Claus the movie, I was very excited because I loved it so much when I was younger. And I went into Elf a little bit like, Ugh, I didn't really enjoy it that much. But then we, I did the old flip reverse. I found Santa Claus the movie just to be too disjointed. Mm. And I was charmed to bits by Elf. So I'm picking Elf. Okay, one vote for Elf. Uh, so, Santa Claus the movie, um, 
it was my favourite Christmas movie as a kid. It is utterly insane. Elf is a great feel-good movie that makes me feel all fuzzy inside. Ultimately, I have to vote for the film that means the most to me, and they don't make them like this anymore. Santa Claus the movie I'm gets glad you my did vote. That. Yeah, I'm glad. It's, yeah? it's, that's right. I feel bad because that film just was, it just meant so much. I can't. It's because I hadn't watched it in over 30 years. Mm. It is, I, I know I often go on about the nostalgia hit of watching movies for this show uh, that I haven't seen for ages, but genuinely, over 30 years, I hadn't seen that and it took me right back. It was yeah. a massive emotional ride. Wow. One apiece. Christopher, I know you love it this way. You pick the movies mm. and you get the deciding vote. Well, I'm glad we've picked these films. I picked these films because <laughs> we did reprehensible romances and then really violent films. So it's nice to have a film that's actually about Christmas and kids <laughs> uh, for our final ones. And if you ask eight year old me this, I don't know what I would have said. Obviously, I couldn't see Elf when I was eight years old, but I did love this uh, Santa Claus so much. It was really magical. And when it's about Santa... I adored it. And and the second half, I'm still not quite sure about. Um, but Elf, Elf, Elf. Um, what I like about Elf is there's no villain. And that's a lovely thing to have in a film like this, a Christmas movie. No, I didn't even think of that. There's true. no bad guy. It's just a lovely, happy film that's filled with joy. I think it's Will Ferrell's best performance. And I said this at the time, I feel like it's the closest we've got to a live action Pixar movie. <laughs> in that it's just as entertaining and funny for kids and adults alike. And it's in my top three Christmas movies, so it's got to be Elf. Wow. I mean, it's ridiculous to not. It's got to be Elf. And he's wearing the bloody jumper, <laughs> yeah. so he's on brand. Yeah, okay. So Elf is our winner. Congratulations, Elf. Commiserations to Santa Claus the movie. I do love that. And yet again, we're going to go into this on Boxing Day, uh, on our special Boxing Day show. I, I, f- I find myself on the losing side of... Oh I know it's God. not a competition! But I seem to be on the losing side of the votes more often than not. No one else calls it the losing side. Uh, well, that's because you're not oh, on it. And, lose, and, yeah. and, no, and no one else thinks that Santa Claus the movie is better than Elf. Not even John Lithgow. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, let's, uh, again, uh, we'll talk about it on Boxing Day, but uh, the polls on Twitter sometimes go in my favour. So uh, we'll talk about that come that show. Uh, that is going to be our next show on Boxing Day, our Boxing Day special, our review of of 2020 and a discussion on some miscarriages of justice that have happened on Clash of the Titles over the past year. So... (laughs) Terror. That's that face. She's terrified. She's got no idea. Do you remember what what the clue is? New year, new love. New year, new love. Terrible clue. It is a terrible clue, Alex. Um. (laughs) I swear it wasn't me. I don't think I came up with that. Do you know what movies they are, though? Yeah, uh, so Chris, you're watching When Harry Met Sally. Thank you. And, you're, and Alex, you're watching While You Were Sleeping. Wow, yeah, New Year, New Love. I love it. Great, great. <laughs> if you give extra kisses, you get bigger hugs. Correct. Yeah, hugs. <laughs> uh, right then. Uh, so that is our next show. While You Were Sleeping versus When Harry Met Sally. Uh, that's next week. Uh, Boxing Day happens before then, right, Chris? Yes. All right, great. I'm sorry. I'm just, you know. It's all in the Google Doc. Oh, it's all in the Google Doc. Uh, I couldn't access it. Right. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, please do rate and review us and subscribe to us if you haven't done already on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, thank you very much for listening and have an absolutely amazing Christmas, uh, whatever you decide to do. Uh, back on Boxing Day. Bye-bye. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.